0: Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello and welcome back to Why This Film, the podcast where we reach back into your childhood, pluck out a movie, give it a rewatch and have a chat about it. I'm Emily Slade and welcome back. You watched it so many times before And now you're gonna watch it again But it's been so many years since you last saw it And now you show it to your friends And they're like, what? What am I watching? Why this? What is what? This? Why? Why, Why this, this film? And I'm joined today by Rodrigo. Hello. Hi there. Hello. Welcome. And your chosen movie is... Night Owls 1930 it's a Laurel and Hardy movie and the IMDb breakdown after far too many break-ins on his watch an ineffective policeman approaches the unsuspecting vagabonds Laurel and Hardy with a preposterous proposition one that would get him off the hook but are the boys up to the task so why this film
1: well it was the first Laurel and Hardy film I saw and it eventually led me on to just love Laurel and Hardy. You know, it it led me on to watching more and more of their uh, films. Um, They they did some short films and they also did some full length feature films. And it actually all started from this VHS video here. Yes, yes. Um, And I have my brother to thank for it because it was a school, it was a bring and buy sale in our school, we both went to the same school, and he won this video, Laurel and Hardy video, Um, and he brought it back home, he he never watched it, and it was in our lounge for ages and ages and ages, collecting dust, and um, because in those days, I used to watch films in the lounge, Mm -hmm. um, and the video had been staring me in the face for ages and ages and ages, Um, And then eventually I decided, you know what, I'm going to watch this and just see what it's all about, what they're about. And the first film was Night Owls, because it's three short films, Mm -hmm. and one of them is Night Owls. And I just absolutely fell in love with it, kept on laughing, Mm -hmm. my head off, and just watched it over and over again, because it was so funny. And I think in part that film as well plays into as well it plays a part in my whole love of acting and and yeah, performing. so and I have them to thank for that.
0: That's so cool because I was I was surprised. It's very rare that like because where would have that been the the eighties that you were watching this? Uh,
1: mid nineties. Mid nineties. Um, so I was actually having a look at the back of the video, uh, and it was uh, designed packaged in nineteen eighty nine. So. I got this video around about the mid nineties. Yeah. So yeah. I was watching, yeah, you're right. I was watching well into the, the late nineties, mm. uh, this over at Laurel and Hardy films. Yeah.
0: Cause I, Laurel and Hardy was massive in my family. Like my granddad adored it and had all of them on VHS. And my mm. uncle would always whistle the theme tune, like yeah. just constantly. Uh, But I never, I don't think I ever actually sat down and watched any of them. Um, I just like knew of them. They were in my consciousness very much until I like studied comedy at university. And then (laughs) we had to watch some Laurel and Hardy because it's like obligatory. Um, But no, this, I think this was the first time I'd actually sat down for entertainment to watch a Laurel and Hardy. And it goes without saying that the comedy holds up to this day. Yeah. Yeah.
1: it's very slapstick. It's yeah. it's innocent. It's you know it's it's not like you have to be rude in order to be funny. Yeah. everyone can can enjoy it. You know, from young to old, and yeah, it works in my view.
0: Very much so, and it's very sort of uh, what's the word? It's almost like mathematical comedy. Mm. Like it's ancient yeah. comedy. It's like Commedia dell'arte. The like foundations of what's funny, just absolute pure timing, and as you say, that slapstick element. And um, what's nice about these guys that they filter on top—that is perhaps different to other things that follow the same formula—is their characters of uh, Oliver Hardy and Stan Laurel. Stan Laurel uh, was British,
1: it was, yeah. Uh, I believe,
0: and then Oliver Hardy was American. Um, I always thought that Laurel never spoke. That he was the sort of teller of the pen, although the pen—yes, whichever one doesn't speak of the pen and tellers—but he yeah. he does speak, he does, um, which I didn't realise. But he and I—he doesn't speak a lot, which is why I think I always yeah. thought he was silent. But um, you've got Oliver Hardy, who's the sort of uh,
1: thinking the, one,
0: yeah, like the like bully,
1: yeah, and he's the one who always suffers the mishaps, whether they're. Yeah. From- than or from someone else or something else, you know? Yeah,
0: that's so true. He's the yeah. sort of uh, look-to-camera um, Martin Freeman of this one. Uh, Stan Laurel is so lovable. Like he's yeah. got, because he's so cowardly and so sort of small and fragile, He's he yeah. has a lot where he's like crumpling his hat and crumpling the bottom of his jacket and he makes yes. these funny noises and he's funny faces. Yeah. Like it, it really is so funny. Um, and in fact,
1: actually, Stan, uh, he wrote a lot of the, the scripts, a lot of really? the gags and jokes and everything. And he had, uh, had, a, had, a, had a hand in directing as well. Oh, wow. So, yeah, he had quite a, quite a lot of control of the, the, the content that was, yeah, uh, that was put out. And he had a say in a lot of the, the editing when it was post-production oh, wow. and things like that. So, yeah.
0: It's funny, isn't it? Like you wouldn't suspect it, obviously, because he's the sort of put upon. Yeah. But then, as you say, he's not. It's always Hardy that gets it in the face. Uh-huh. Um, it, very clever. Obviously, they go. They've gone down in history as like comedic geniuses. Um, do you know much about them as people? Did you watch the Stan and Ollie movie that came out last year with?
1: Uh... I did. I, it- I did, and uh, just before this. Uh podcast, it led me to research the boys again um, and just find out more about their lives and their their, their background. Um, so I found out that Oliver, uh, whose uh, nickname was Babe, <laughs> um, he actually wanted to become a singer. Aww. And in several of the movies that they do, you, there's always a a part in the film where Oliver has a little sing song, uh, for example, in Way Out West. Um, yes. So he always has an opportunity to show off his uh, singing ability. Um, and Stan Laurel, uh, he was born here in Ulverston in Lancashire. <laughs> um, and his father was a theatrical agent and also theater owner. Oh, wow. And he, that's how Stan made his way into the, into the business. And then Stan actually came over uh, with Charlie Chaplin oh, wow. um, as part of an acting troupe. Uh, it was Fred Carnot's uh, theatre company and they were, they were obviously going to tour America and that. And I found out as, all, uh, as well that Stan, uh, for a while, he was Charlie Chaplin's understudy as well.
0: Oh my God, that's such yeah. a good little like, pub quiz fact.
1: Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. And so eventually, um Laurel and Hardy, they both signed to Hal Roach Studios. Mm-hmm. Um but they were they each had their own separate careers at first. They had their own established uh, film careers before they were joined together. And it was actually uh A Leg of Lamb which joined them together. So Oliver burnt himself while he was cooking some lamb one day. And so while he was recovering, Stan was asked to fill in for Oliver's role. And then after Oliver recovered and everything, they began to you know, act together, not as Lauren and Hardy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then eventually uh, Leo McCary, who was a director, he found, oh, these guys have something, the, the audience <laughs> is reacting to them, they're a funny comedy duo, mm-hmm. let's put them together.
0: Nice, very <laughs> X Factor.
1: Yes, indeed.
0: indeed.
1: <laughs> and so, so yeah, you know, their careers just took off, took off from there. Yeah, yeah,
0: and so I assume they were filming in America, but like if my family's anything to go by, they were huge over here as well.
1: Massive, I mean, that's what the whole uh, Stan and Ollie film Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's based on. It's all about their time when they were touring the UK. So England, uh, they toured Ireland, they toured Scotland, and they so did, did. they live...
0: have a live show? Sorry. Did they have a live show?
1: Yeah, they or did were have. They live... just
0: like was it like Comic Con appearances?
1: Yeah, it was. It was. It was both. So they did uh, some music hall. They did some variety show. They even performed in front of the King and Queen, George VI oh. and God. Queen Elizabeth. Um, and yeah, you're right. Then they did various like um, uh, meet and greets um, in and around the in in and around the um, the country. So, and also whilst he was here, he managed to visit his dad who lives in E, who lived in Ealing. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was uh, Colbrook Avenue, not far from where we had our graduation. Uh, celebration. Oh it was- yeah, yeah. So I've oh, actually God. seen the house, and um, unfortunately, it's all like split into flats now. Oh, yeah, um, but yeah, whilst he was here touring, he managed to see his uh, his dad, oh.
0: uh, and you can
1: still see that footage on YouTube.
0: Oh, lovely! Yeah. Well, you can watch this movie on YouTube. It's only twenty minutes. Um, so let's talk about the movie a bit, more yeah. Is there? A political undertone to this movie that I didn't get because the policeman who is not doing his job there's been like 32 break-ins and and no one's managed to catch them and he's in charge of that district and he seems to be known as a terrible policeman but his name's Kennedy
1: yeah
0: and it leads to Oliver Hardy saying the line "Um, Kennedy will make it right or Kennedy will fix it a lot and Uh I didn't know if that was I mean, this is 1930, and actually Kennedy was like 50s, 60s, wasn't Yes, he so they can't it was before
1: be... them. Well, I mean, in, in actual fact, his real name was, the, the police cop was Edgar Kennedy, okay. and he often featured a lot in the Laurel and Hardy films. He always played the cop, um, who, always, who was well, he was a bit like Oliver Hardy in that he always suffered mishaps and things mm-hmm. like that. You often had a regular support group of actors with Laurel and Hardy. So as I said, you had... Edgar Kennedy, who often played the the, the cop, uh, you also had Tiny Sanford, who also played uh, you know the the, um, the big sort of bully boy sort of um, uh, character, mm-hmm. and then you had uh, James Finlayson, who in this film was uh, the the butler, yeah. um, and again he suffered various mishaps as well, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so yeah,
0: it's um. It's very clever. It's I guess you can always sort of refer to the Laurel and Hardy movies as a, a there's an overarching plot, if you will, and then it's just lots of little moments that happen. Um, so the overarching plot is that they have been asked by the policeman to fake, well, not even fake, to actually break into the big policeman's house, yeah. so Kennedy could catch them and uh-huh. prove that he's doing a good job. Sure. So of course, <laughs> they suck. Yes. At doing it. Um, ongoing jokes about pretending to be cats. Um wonderful segment with the piano, where the piano starts playing itself Fantastic. Yeah, and they try and shush it by putting a huge bear rug in it and of course it does <laughs> nothing. Um, just really bizarre moments. Oh, so good! Uh, Laurel manages to get inside the house, they're talking through the window, Oliver tells him to go round and Uh, open the front door, he does, uh, steps out and immediately lets the door slam behind him, like just so brilliantly timed. It's really hard to sort of just talk about it because it's very much visual, obviously, like it's physical comedy. Um, Like you don't really see nowadays, we don't really rely, I guess the mischief theatre company with the play that goes wrong, that sort of thing Mm. they're the closest we have these days and they very much rely on this old formula of comedy but it's it is a joy and it is surprising even though it also isn't surprising that it as i have said does hold up that you are like this is hilarious and it was came out in 1930 by all rights i should have no relevance to this and i should not relate or understand this in any way but it's just unadulterated a pure form of something and that's timeless.
1: It's brilliant because, as you say, they, they've they agreed to uh, burgling a house. And as we know, if you want to burgle a house, you've got to be as quiet and as <laughs> quick as possible. But they do the complete opposite. You know, they they smash stuff, they argue, they, um, they ring doorbells, <laughs> um, they set fire to a curtain and everything. <laughs> So it's every single thing you shouldn't be doing, mm-hmm. you know, whilst burgling your house, they do. So in other words, they create their own obstacle course. Mm-hmm. They make it difficult for themselves, which is just absolutely hilarious. Um, it yeah. It
0: really is. It's, um, there's not much to say about it really. It is just genuinely still so good. Um, mm. It is black and white, and it is a little bit blurry at points, I guess but um, you can still very much see what's going on. Um, it's really great that you enjoyed it when you were younger. Uh, what else was on the VHS then?
1: Uh, so you've got uh, a silent short film. Uh, so there's, it's called Liberty. And that's just as funny. So uh, Laurel and Hardy are had escape, just escaped from jail and they have, again, the cops running after them. And they managed to, um, get themselves onto this top of this skyscraper which is being built uh, so you you've just got the the big iron you know uh pillars everywhere you haven't got the the, the cover or windows or anything like that and it's just basically oliver tr- um trying to 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 help stan across this uh, uh skyscraper to get to the other side and i think there's um there's like a ladder they want to try and get down because obviously the lift which has taken them up has now just gone back down again. Or the, well, there was a rope that was connecting the lift and that sort of has, 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 has just disappeared now. So they can't go down by the escalator. And then, so it's, it's hilarious because Laurel is, is just shaking and like stop mm-hmm. vertigo and everything. Um, so that's funny. And then the other one is uh, it's called the Who's Gow. And so uh, Oliver and Stan, they find themselves in, in prison and they've been, well, they've been sent to do hard labor. And basically um, they cause an entire sort of like fight at the end of the film because they have the local, uh, I think it's the local mayor coming, local mayor being James Finlayson Nice. Uh, just visiting the camp, see the see how everyone's working, how it's all uh, being being run, that everything's being kept tip top, and eventually Laurel and Hardy just cause this outbreak, you know, and this fighting between the police and the prisoners. They end up like chucking uh, like rice is uh, r- rice against it, you know, it's like this slush,
0: uh, yeah, of yeah, rice yeah. and
1: everything. So it's absolutely hilarious. (laughs) Um, So yeah, those two I found um, equally funny. And and when you asked me to to choose a film and I I knew it was going to be, yeah, it's going to be a Lauren Hardy film. I could have quite easily chosen those two as well. Yeah, Uh, yeah, yeah. They're just as funny.
0: Yeah, nice. I'll check them out. Do you find any difference watching it as a kid and watching it as an adult? Is there more to understand watching it as an adult? Or I guess it's just um consistent across generations
1: uh well i think i mean obviously you know what's coming you know the the jokes which are coming mm-hmm. um uh but i i think the only thing yeah you you just keep on laughing really that's all i can yeah. say and, um you 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 just you just find what they do consistently funny and that mm-hmm. and yeah
0: and um, did you have any friends when you were younger that had the same interest? Did you have people your age that were also interested in Laurel and Hardy?
1: Unfortunately not. So <laughs> it, um, I eventually, afterwards, um, watching Laurel and Hardy, it led me on to joining the official Laurel and Hardy Appreciation Society, <laughs> which, which is still in existence. Amazing. And in fact, actually the society helped Contribute to the Stan and Ollie film just gone. Oh, cool. the, uh, the head of uh, the Appreciation Society called Rob Lewis. Uh, he actually helped advise the director and the writer. Tell them a bit about their lives and stuff like that um, to help in the making of the film. Um, so I joined the Appreciation Society, and they hold a convention, like memorabilia convention, every wow. year. Uh, where you can go it's often held in Kent because that's where Rob is based and he hires out like an entire like Holiday Inn and you can go in one room and they just have endless Laurel and Hardy films going on for the entire day there's another room which is there's often two rooms for like different Laurel and Hardy films Uh, and then there's another room for like memorabilia Mm -hmm. which comes from everywhere USA here it's like stepping back in time and so I joined this society when I was 12 years old and and at the time for a very long time I was their youngest member I was
0: gonna say
1: and as a result of that I was trying at the time I was in junior school to like you know, get others interested in Laura Hart. The word. <laughs> exactly. But you know, I was unique in that I was the only one who who loved them. I mean, some others like saw bits and bobs of their work. I mean, this was before the time of YouTube and everything mm. like that. You know, they might have seen the cartoon version, uh, or I they was might the have cartoon had cartoon version. There was. Yeah, I've never actually seen the cartoon uh, before. Um, so. Huh? So, yeah, I was the only one who loved uh, Laurel and Hardy at that time, you know.
0: Yeah. It's crazy. It doesn't surprise me that you were alone, but it's a shame because, yeah, as I say, I I always knew about it through um, my family. Like, I knew the theme tune before I even knew what Laurel and Hardy were.
1: Um, I think the thing is, as well, is uh, a lot of people tend to think, oh, well, it's, it's silent movies and that, you know, you can't hear them speak or whatever. And yeah. uh, it's, uh, obviously they've done a few silent stuff, but then they made that transition into talkies. Mm. So, um, it's as I said before, the, the, it's, it's for all generations, you know, it, it will never grow old in my view, you know? And yeah. I think the recent film has reignited interest in them again.
0: Oh, brilliant. Yeah. Was that for an anniversary of any kind or was someone just like, hey, it's Green a movie?
1: I, th- I think it was uh, no particular anniversary, but just um, maybe nostalgia as well. And, and I think as well, there's a lot of uh, modern day comedians who often cite Laurel and Hardy as their inspiration and influence. You know, uh, I know Paul Merton. He's, he looked to like Charlie Chaplin and Laurel and Hardy. I think Eric Morecambe, uh, Morecambe and Wise. Um yeah also look to Laurel and Hardy as their influence. And I think they sort of try to, you know, uh, portray themselves as like the new Laurel yeah. and Hardy, for example. So um, I think, uh, you know- They've got they, a lasting they, they, Yeah, influence. We, we owe yeah. a lot to them. A little, yeah, certainly. And I think more people should get to know them really. You know?
0: Yeah, especially those interested in comedy. You kind of can't yeah. skip over them. They were so huge. Um, sure. And bigger, as you say, because they transitioned into talkies, uh, you can look to Buster Keaton and Charlie Chaplin for your silent slapstick. Um, But then to integrate uh, dialogue into that as well, successfully, you you only need to look at Laurel and Hardy.
1: Um, Chaplin Chaplin actually uh, came very late to, he was a late late converter, really, to talkies. Um, Hmm. So his first ever speaking picture was The Great Dictator in 1940. Because I read that, before that film he was very very reserved he was very cautious you know he he thought you know people would lose interest if they started hearing him hearing him speak Mm -hmm. because they were so used to you know his silent movies all the time uh but Laurel and Hardy yeah they were on it they they, they they transitioned I think in
0: 1929 I think oh wow so yeah amazing well yeah as i say i've got nothing else to to say is there anything you want to say about it or anything you want to plug yourself
1: uh well i just want to give a shout out actually to the laurel and hardy appreciation society Mm. you know (laughs) um i will tell them i did this podcast and i'm sure they'll be pleased to to hear that i'm honoring laurel and hardy's name and memory yeah i was uh,
0: excited when you suggested it because it's not like anything you know Mm. you get a lot of pixar disney the, those sort of 80s spielberg movies but no yeah. one's ever come to me with like a 21 minute 1930s black and white slapstick comedy yeah. <laughs> I was like, that's different
1: yeah <laughs> that's yeah. good
0: yeah i'll well, um put the link if you send me the link is the appreciation the appreciation appreciate i'm not even drunk can you believe <laughs> the appreciation society um yeah. do they have like a website that you can access if you're not a member
1: yeah. So the the website's open to all. It's just www.laurelandhardy All one word. dot org. And on there, you can again find out more about the boys. You can find out when the next uh, convention, the memorabilia convention, is happening. To they even have an online store, and it's really is the go to place for anything and everything about Laurel and Hardy. So yeah. I'll send you the link as well.
0: Yeah, I'll put all the links in the um, info for this episode if you want to find more about Laurel and Hardy. Sure. Um, and you can see all of the stuff on YouTube as well. Yeah. Um, I'm surprised they haven't been sort of restored somehow and put up... Or maybe they haven't. I, I don't know what I'm talking about. Like, put up on Prime or whatever. Um, I know
1: they uh, recently released... Um, uh, they keep on releasing like updated uh, um, versions of, of films like you can you can have Lowell and Hardy in color as well uh, oh, wow. and, and see that and you can actually have different um, language versions so um, Spanish version of this uh, ladrones which translates as burglars uh, in English Uh, So that's very interesting to sort of compare and contrast with the English version. Uh, They were translated into not just Spanish, but uh, Italian, Um, even Esperanto, German as well. So they had a massive, massive worldwide impact, massive impact uh, across the world. They were, uh, I mean, my dad can remember growing up and watching them uh, in Spanish as well. They were very popular. so, yeah, I mean, long, long may they last their legacy.
0: Yeah. And um, I was going to ask, why is it called Night Owls? Because Burglars does make more sense as a title. When I, I heard Night Owls, I was like, oh, people that stay up late. But then it was a whole story about, like, th- robbery and burglary. And I was like, oh, it just seems a bit strange, especially when the Spanish version does call it Burglars.
1: Yeah. I d- <laughs> you... you- no idea <laughs> maybe just because yeah that they're, they're doing it during the during the night they're burgling a a house i don't know but still it's yeah. it's a great title great it title. it
0: is it is yeah. it did get me interested i'm not gonna lie um yeah thank you so much
1: no it's um, a pleasure it's been rural pleasure here and uh yeah i just hope that more people you know can revisit and watch their films and laugh you know, long into the future. Yeah.
0: <laughs> they, they really will withstand the test of time, um, I think. They can't not. Like, they're just classics.
1: Yeah, yeah. Maybe. So Yeah, it's a pleasure. Absolute pleasure.
0: Yay. Thank you very much. And we'll see you next time on Why this Film. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoy Why This Film, why not head to iTunes and leave us a review? And you can now support Why This Film on Patreon from as little as £1 a month. Just head to patreon.com forward slash Why This Film Podcast. You can find us on Facebook at Why This Film Podcast, on Instagram at Why This Film Podcast, and on Twitter at Why This Film Pod. If you'd like to come on the show and talk about your favorite childhood movie, email into to us at widestfilmpodcast at gmail.com. Is your mattress making noises it never used to? Or is it sagging, causing you to... Then it's time to get a new one. Get the best sleep at the best value with a Nectar mattress. Prices start at just $499, and you get $399 in accessories thrown in, a 365 night home trial, and a forever warranty. Go to Nectrasleep.com. Why This Film Podcast has a Patreon. Patreon is a membership platform that makes it easy for artists and creators to get paid. Head to patreon.com forward slash Why This Film Podcast, and you can select a tier. For £3 a month, you can join Camelot and enjoy early access to episodes, including seasons 1 to 3. You'll get to vote in polls and get a personal shout-out on the pod. For £5 a month, you can join Ferngully. With instant access to everything from Camelot, Ferngully members can also enjoy bonus content, live episode voting power, plus access to monthly movie night grab your popcorn and a drink of your choice as we pajama up and watch a movie together remotely. And for £10 a month, you can join the Enchanted Forest, where on top of everything from Camelot and Ferngully, you can be part of a live episode where we all discuss a movie chosen by you. And if you're not into 80s and 90s animated tears, you can skip all that and make a custom pledge of an amount that suits you. Or you can head over to co-fi.com forward slash why this Film podcast and buy me a coffee with a one-off payment. We will be adding hot chocolate to that coffee. And probably chick cream and marshmallows and sprinkles, but you don't need to worry about that. Thank you to all who donate. And thanks to my patron David for supporting this episode on Patreon. Why This Film Podcast is my happy place. I love chatting to guests and revisiting long-lost movies. And I hope you do too.